0: Hello, everyone. This is Politiken with Jack and Ben. We are talking politics on this crazy night um, in October. How are you doing, Ben?
1: I'm doing good, brother. Enjoying life, living a uh, living well. I don't know if you saw on TikTok, but apparently yesterday, October 18th, was supposed to be like a massive uh, government shutdown, Jade Helm sort of event, but you were telling me came of it. So we're alive
0: we are alive and the, there's a lot to talk about. Um, you know, it seems like, I don't know if I'm just reading too much into it, but it seems like things are getting crazier. Um, and I think that is just a perception thing. Like you can really dive deep and like overthink certain things, but let's just talk about the reality of the situation. So, Um, Did you see the video of Joe Biden walking through um, that upscale restaurant last Saturday without a mask?
1: I did not see that, but I'm not surprised.
0: Yeah, A lot of those
1: Democrats on that side love to uh, try to preach to the masses to wear a mask and to not go out. I mean, even Fauci said, uh, to prepare (laughs) to not see your relatives for Christmas, yet they're all out doing their own shit.
0: I mean... Like, you know, you took some management courses and you know what, like, leadership is like. And um, Joe Biden's just not uh, a good leader.
1: Well, yeah, he's he's not a lot of things, but a leader is definitely one of them. Um, <laughs> and I think it may be the name of politics where we have, you know, these hyper elite people and they're in such positions of power where, you know, sometimes they're not in the position to follow their own rules because of security reasons or or whatever the case is, but something so blatant as, you know, walking through a restaurant when they tell you to stay home and to not enjoy your lives, but hey, they're going to make sure they go out and do, do what they want to do. And we saw that with Barack Obama having his uh, big birthday bash in Martha's Vineyard. And this was, months, this was okay. a couple months ago, back when... I would say things have lessened with COVID, but you know, there was still so much hysteria around it and they have all these people out there just having a good old time and piddling little kids and whatever the hell they do. But <laughs> it's just, it's ridiculous. And that's the rulers have no rules. I'll just put yeah. it that way.
0: They don't have to listen to their rules that they set for the uh, plebes and all, all the regular working class people um, that, work to actually do something and they just sit around and defy their roles. So this is what the article says. The president and first lady appeared to be on a dinner date at the posh Michelin starred seafood restaurant, Fiola Mar under the district's mask mandate. So they're in Washington DC, which Mm -hmm. I will give you a personal story. I visited Washington DC. I've been there twice once when I was little and then once a couple of years ago where I was having a romantic uh, endeavor with a, a lady and ah. I met a lot of her friends um, and they're all like, so like deep into politics. It's it's pretty, it's pretty weird. I guess they like, that's all they talked about. It was pretty weird. But um. anyway, so the story goes on. Under the district's mask mandate, all indoor diners are required to wear a mask unless they are actively eating and drinking. Restaurant workers and Secret Service agents surrounding the Bidens were all masked. The mask mandate was reinstated by D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser in July. And then this is what the restaurant website says. Per CDC guidance, the DC Mayor Muriel Browser's executive order, all individuals over age two, so if you're under two, you can't pass COVID, um, are required to wear a mask indoors regardless of vaccination status. Masks must be always worn while in our restaurants except while eating and drinking. Thank you for <laughs> understanding.
1: Yeah, so they want you to take one bite, throw your mask on while you're chewing, and then when it's time for another, just rip it off. I mean, it's ludicrous and it's you know you see that in a lot of these democratic run states where <laughs> it just makes no sense and it's yeah it's such more terrible. of an emotional decision versus a logical one because logic says that okay well if i have to wear a mask when i'm walking into the restaurant or walking into the bathroom or walking to the bar whatever the case is what difference does it make if i take two steps to my left and sit down and eat and take off my mask <laughs> like it's it's stupid and you see the same thing on on planes, where they make you wear a mask, but yet at the same time they're going to pass out their peanuts and coffee, and uh, everyone at the same time takes off their mask to to eat. It's it's all a uh, it's a perception thing and a compliance yeah. thing, and uh, logically it makes no sense. But this country, the last what year since Biden has taken office, has been the absolute opposite of logic. It's
0: I know, and that's why what- that's what gets a lot of people. Um, We're like, I understand if you want to wear a mask to um, what's it called make make people feel comfortable. It's uh, a common thing people have said, and um, and all that. But at the same time, like you said, it, there's no logic behind it because when you take your mask off, like to eat and everything, it's like, like what do you just like not? like spit and like blow it. it really doesn't make any sense. And all the Democrats, they they set these mandates for people that are illogical and I don't know what they're doing, but it really just it makes no sense. But there was also the uh Chicago mayor, uh Lori Lightfoot. She was at a uh WNBA game and everyone in the stadium is wearing masks. And she takes her mask off to take a photo. Oh, They're like yeah. honoring her. And she's like, I mean, there's, ah. there's,
1: there's countless events and things that have taken place where they put the mask on for the picture or whatever the case is, or even the opposite. I mean, Lori Lightfoot did that when they had Lollapalooza in Chicago. This was the same week that the Chicago officer was murdered in cold blood. And so Lori Lightfoot was at Lollapalooza on the stage with tens of thousands of people and the next day when they tried to hold the uh the funeral for the cop or or some sort of ceremony they said it couldn't happen because of covid
0: oh my god and so
1: you just you see the flipping of scripts when it is only inconveniencing one party and that party is a conservative party and it's that's why you go to texas and you're you know some places here in tennessee or, or florida where no one gives a shit anymore. It's not about COVID. It's about compliance. And that's why those states are where people are migrating to because you get the freedom to do what you want. You can wear a mask. No one gives a shit if you wear a mask or not. But when you start to force people to wear a mask to do the basic necessities of life and go out to eat, go to a movie, go to a bar, it's like, okay, this has nothing to do with the mask. It's all about... Compliance. Compliance and inflicting your agenda on other people.
0: Yeah, that's what it is. And that goes right into... That's the big thing about the vaccines it's um like the one thing like if if the vaccine works, it works, you know I, I don't care if people take it um it's just like the forcing of people to get it, especially the people like like all the nurses, the pilots, the teachers, and everyone that you know were on the front lines of this entire thing they're now being forced or else they have to quit um, or they're fired. Yeah. Uh, It's just, it's ridiculous. And especially with the science about it and you can't even question some of this stuff or else you're considered freaking terrorist.
1: Yeah. or, Or some sort of conspiracy theorist or extremist or whatever it is. And I actually had a conversation with someone earlier today. She, um, she had like broken her foot or had some sort of foot injury that required a hospital visit. And so they went to a hospital here in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. She showed up on a, it was like a Tuesday night. This was like last week. She showed up on a Tuesday night, at like 10 PM, which I don't know hospital rates of, you know, when it's busiest or whatever the case is, they had to wait eight hours in the emergency room. And the reason was because they didn't have enough doctors because they had fired everyone that didn't get the vaccine. And there were she said that there were groups of people in the emergency room waiting for attention. Wow. And, they, and it's, you know, that's not even related to COVID or treating COVID. It's people need this care, this emergency care, and they can't get it because some big wig or some political party or someone in power made the decision that if you don't have the vex- vaccination for COVID, you're no longer allowed to work at this place. And I think that is probably one of the most important places where we need as many nurses and and doctors as possible because they're there to protect the people in the community. And now we see that with Southwest and these flights that have been getting canceled for weather Mm -hmm. and there's no weather. It's the pilots are walking out because they're being forced to get the vaccination and it's, it's stupid. And I think they're finally starting to see the ripple effects of how that mandate is starting to affect, the economy and and jobs and people's day-to-day lives. And hopefully there's some point of return where like, okay, this isn't working. We need to flip it back because supply chain or, you know, whatever the case is, but I don't know the full reset point. Maybe it's just going to be, well, you got to deal with it. Sorry. You got to wait four days for your flight to Vegas or to get your foot checked out. I hope it doesn't reach
0: that point. Um, it, it is scary because, like these that's the thing like when you fire all these frontline workers um it just contributes to the already decimated economy and the supply chain and everything of that nature and that's where like at some point like you gotta discuss whether or not it's worth it anymore to insist on these mandates because it's actually hurting the economy so much where there's no point of everyone sheltering inside when there's nothing to live for afterwards because the economy's crashed and people are broke and they end up going into debt. And It's just, um, I think there was a report about how, you know, if, if America's economy stays locked down, there's, there's a bunch of people that will starve almost more than, than what is projected the people to die from covid so yep when you think about it that way and then the fact that people just want to live their lives and they don't need to be forced to do anything i think is huge and i just don't know like what their i don't know what joe biden even if he even thinks about things like this or he just i don't know what's going on anymore
1: I mean, there, I know what study you're referencing, because back when COVID and the lockdowns kind of first went into action, a lot of people, and we know people, um, that struggle with mental health and a lot of these other issues that the lockdown created, not having access to a gym, not having access to an income because you can't go to work anymore. And so all these are the things mm-hmm. that start a ripple effect to suicide rates and lack of social interaction. I mean, we you can scroll through social media and these Twitter bots are like, oh, I'm staying messed up. I haven't seen my family in two years. Okay, yeah. And what what are you gaining from that? Just because you're following the rules? It's like, and people, I mean, you see the stories where like someone gets sick in the hospital and their family is not able to come say goodbye or birth of a child and no one's allowed in. I mean, these are moments in our lives that should not be dictated by some, politician deciding, Hey, I'm going to make the better decision for you. When in reality it's the worst decision and you're stealing these people's lives and their freedom away. And it's, I can't imagine ever having, I mean, let's say for example, you were a father, like your your wife was in the hospital about to give birth and mm-hmm. you were not allowed in the waiting room or the, the room where she gives birth because you don't have a COVID vaccination.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's getting so crazy now. uh, There's videos. Have you seen the videos of um, kids hugging their, I think it's kids in the hospital hugging their like relatives and the relatives have to put on full plastic body bags and they're hugging their kids through plastic. It's traumatic.
1: (laughs) That's what it is. I mean, think about all these kids that are growing up in this where they're (laughs) being harassed to wear a mask at school and on the school bus and interact with other people. And it's, it's absolutely asinine to expect something like that out of a child, first of all, or just any person in general, but specifically kids who are so impressionable.
0: Exactly. Now
1: now that's what they're going to remember forever is everyone's got a mask on and I'm not allowed to talk to people or touch people or do these certain things. And (sighs) they're going to live their life that way because that's what they grew up in. And it's, that's what's, almost more scary for me just like with this whole thing and the future and the projection of all this is the kids growing up in this time frame they're screwed like they're absolutely screwed
0: they're definitely they're they're gonna feel these these effects and hopefully they have good parents and and role models that are speaking some life and and sense into them like i don't know i see kids that they're like walking on the on the sidewalk, and you know they're in a mask. And I wonder, like, are they just conditioned that way to wear that, or is it, are they conditioned from their teacher? Are they conditioned from everything? Are they conditioned from uh, their parent telling them you cannot take this off? Yeah, like,
1: and it could come from crazy different people. I, that was one of the big debates recently. I know here in Davidson County in Tennessee, they had a huge board meeting because they were going to start requiring masks for all kids, like, I don't know, like three and up, some ridiculous number to be required to wear a mask at all times at school. And the, I guess the argument from the parent side was, why do you have the right to tell my child what to do? And I'm sure a lot of people took their kids out of school and do the homeschooling route, but it's, That uh, the principal should not have the power to inflict this. And, you know, you always try to separate politics from academia. And now more so than ever, there's so much of an influence on these teachers. If your teacher's a a liberal and a huge Trump hater and a Biden supporter, as much as I say they're not going to teach on the classroom, they're going to say some shit that those kids are going to remember and they're going to try to teach them to believe one way of thinking versus the other.
0: Which is wrong. That's not their their role in this whole thing. Have you seen the video of, I think it was in California, of that liberal teacher who had taken down the American flag and put up a gay pride flag? And they pledged allegiance to the gay pride flag instead of the American flag. She was fired and everything and and shit. But
1: And I guess if we want to go on the teacher route like... We wish there was probably more of a vetting process to make sure that, you know, these people in here are as unbiased as possible when it comes to teaching, and I'm not sure how curriculum is set up, obviously on a state-to-state level. Um, But yeah, it's just, if there wasn't social media and her to post that, like, do you think she even would have got fired in the first place? Probably not. But they see the outrage and they see, oh, this lady works at this school yeah, we better can her because or, or, we're going to have a bunch of people harassing us or or whatever the case is. So it's all about the public's reaction. That's when people make decisions like yeah, that. Yeah, that's,
0: that's pretty frightening. It's kind of like um, the last offense that people have because, like you said, once there's that big public outcry, that is what gets people to change their mind. They're like, oh. But even with, I think, these people in politics especially with the biden administration know how powerful big tech is spe- specifically twitter and facebook where they censor the story about joe biden's laptop or hunter biden's laptop um, coming out before the election and i think there was a sto- a poll that said a lot of people would have changed their vote if they knew about kind of what hunter biden was doing when he was getting paid from a Ukrainian energy company. He was on the board where he has a no business being there. Um, and there's just a lot of like stuff that they kind of. It's obvious where big tech is. Is leaning. Also. Yeah.
1: And, and they always like to say when Trump won his presidency that he was meddling with Russia and all this Russian shit and ended up being Hillary that we all knew all along. But none of that information is accessible or, I guess, rushed to get to the to the public because they know it hurts the people that are sticking money it's, in their pocket.
0: It's effectively censored. And Trump was impeached because he called the Ukrainian guy to ask about Joe Biden's corrupt ass when he was doing the business dealings with Ukraine. And so...
1: And they they tried to say that was outside of his reach of power. Like, ah, uh, well, there's a democratic nominee and his son is on the board of a Ukrainian energy company. So Trump reaching out, that's worth an impeachment. Are you fucking kidding me? Like that's, and sure enough, we see how it played out. And there's a lot of people that, and not just related back to the, the Joe Biden thing, but regret voting for Biden. Like they feel like they were lied to and all this information that's finally starting to seep out of the surfaces. Like, well, shit, if I knew that, then I wouldn't have voted for him or I definitely would have at least changed my mind and looked a little bit more into Trump. but it's, it was such more of an emotional decision versus logical one.
0: Absolutely. And the media
1: definitely plays the biggest role in that because it's cancel culture and, and all these other things that we've seen over our lifetime. And it's, I don't know if ending social media is the solution or There's just going to be even more divisiveness where you have these political social media networks where, you know, people can speak freely. And I I think that would almost create more of an issue and divide us a lot more than we already are. But I don't know what other solution there is.
0: Yeah, we're getting into deep waters with social media and and algorithms and everything. It's we're like in the midst of whatever is history is going to be made based on this stuff. It's no one knows really where to go. And all the Silicon Valley people that they learned in their courses, how to manipulate human psychology, they're the ones that know what they're doing yet. Almost it's like a, a tough problem because you don't want the government stepping in to regulate what goes on. But at the same time, you need you need a. it's like almost like a, like the town square, you need it to be free and fair and not altered and suppressed. So anyways, we, we can be down on that all day, but I want to bring it back to um, the vaccine mandates. Um, so American Airlines, Southwest Airlines won't fire employees who apply for vaccine exemptions. So this came out today. I'm going to read this a little bit of this article real quick. So they won't fire or suspend employees who file for exemptions to comply with federal orders that all workers be vaccinated, even those whose applications are rejected. Fort Worth-based American and Dallas-based Southwest told employee unions in recent days that employees granted religious exemptions will be allowed to keep working as long as they agree to extra health protocols, such as wearing masks and regular testing. So real quick on that. um, We know there's breakthrough cases with people that are double vaccinated.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And they're exempt. They don't have to do the the testing or wear the masks. That's another just example of uh, the, you know, there's no logic to that, um, which is frustrating. Yeah. So the article goes on to say. Employees who refuse to submit proof of vaccination or apply for an exemption could still be fired at American. Southwest Airlines CEO Gary Kelly said on Good Morning America recently that we're not going to fire any of our employees over this. Southwest declined to further clarify or expand on Kelly's comment. So that's generally what's going on. Um, There is a date airlines have until... December eighth to comply with the mandates or risk losing federal contracts.
1: So mm. now you're about to see a bunch of private airlines just come out of the woodworks and be like, Yeah, hey, we'll take the, the non Baxter. But it knowing that they're forcing it on the pilots and the crew, soon enough it's going to be forcing it on every passenger. Like what difference does it make if the person flying the plane is Vax or unvaxxed versus the person sitting back in economy like so it's i think it's just kind of setting the segue for yeah if you want to travel or get on a plane you're gonna to have to be vaxxed
0: yeah and it's like they're taking um these big leaps of just trying to get everyone vaccinated and it's here's a good point that i heard today actually <clears throat> so it's essentially they're taking the va- the vaccine mandate's taking the individual um, liberties and they're applying it to the public health. So they're kind of stripping you away from your individual liberties. They're saying, do it for everyone. Take one for the team and all that. But then when you get a vaccine injury, then what happens? Is there anyone to step up for your personal liberties? And the answer is no, because there's uh, no liability for these companies that are corrupt to say the least, and there's so much incentive for them to to be corrupt. It's so we're in a weird predicament. I'll say that.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> take this experimental drug. Okay, what happens if I get injured? Ah, oh, that's your own fault because you took it.
0: Yeah. It, oh, it was something else. Oh, you died from a car wreck. Oh, it's COVID. You die yeah. from vaccine injury? Oh, you just had underlying health conditions.
1: <laughs> I mean that that a uh, that tweet I sent you not so long ago. They posted like this article of this like five hundred pound lady that had died from COVID. Like, oh, yeah, yeah COVID, COVID was the sole cause of this woman's death. And I'm sorry she died, but baby, COVID was not what killed you. It was the uh, Dunkin' Donuts and the McDonald's for. 40 years of your life that puts you to obesity. That's what killed you.
0: Yeah. And that's, that rubs people the wrong way when people bring that up. Um, And
1: And there was like, and I think to kind of touch on that even a little bit more, um, I still blame the government for that. And I think there was such a mishandling of when these lockdowns started. And, you know, obviously it's because they're not making money off of, promoting a healthy lifestyle it's promoting these drugs and these vaccines but if we actually had a government that cared about us let's just play hypothetically here if we actually have a government that cares about us and let's say there was a pandemic and a deadly virus
0: they would leave that, us to fuck alone
1: <laughs> they'd leave us the fuck alone and they would also give us outlets to increase our health and to do the right things to protect us from this that don't include a vaccination why weren't their online training programs to send out to people to learn how to work out at home. Why wasn't there diets? Because no one could go out and eat at a restaurant, but we're going to order takeout all the time. Like these things could have been handled properly and it could have yeah. led people into the right direction where they wouldn't be so dependent on pharmaceuticals. But now it's created the opposite where it's honestly an accountability thing where I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to make myself unhealthy and the vaccine is going to save my life. No, that's not the case. And it's kind of sad to see people you have conversations with that are so blind about that, where they believe that their vaccine is their saving grace if they get sick. I'm like, well, there's a lot of other things that you can do to improve the likelihood of you surviving anything,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: especially COVID, which I don't know what the, the death rate is now or the survival rate. I know it's like 99%. But, like, yeah, it's I don't know, odd. why would we lock down the fucking country for something? Lock down the world.
0: Yeah, it's weird. It's like, um... I was thinking about it. They, we make these risks in our daily lives when we hop on the highway. Um, when I, I ride my bike to work, I might get hit by a car. I actually almost did get hit by a car today.
1: <laughs> yeah, I almost got in a car wreck two weeks ago.
0: So, do we take these risks? Um, we go out and we, like, you know, but let's bring it back to like that lady who died. They, The media will use that to their advantage to create some sort of outrage and, and freak people out because they want people in this like revolving door of like, oh my God, what's happening next and all this. And they want people to be afraid, I think think it benefits oh yeah
1: when when you have people in a state of fear obviously we've seen with more of the republican side it's a fight or flight thing and you're either going to fight or you're gonna you're not going to do anything or you're going to get the vaccine and comply with everything they have to say because you believe that their information is the only thing that can save your life and (laughs) ultimately it's the free thinkers that will survive the ones that aren't dependent on other people um And so it's weird to think like what type of world we could get into here in the near future. I don't even want to think about it. It'd stress me out. So I'm going to take each day as I got it.
0: Yeah. That's how we could go. Bill Gates has got some weird plans, but um, yeah, it's uh, not to say that the vaccine doesn't work and everything because certain people do have immunosuppressant disorders and everything where if they did get COVID, it could really, and they could be, everything could be going, but they could be born with like, uh, I guess lupus or some disorder that if they got COVID, they would actually end up like pretty, pretty much dying. And you could kind of say that with everything, but um, those well, people like, would my, probably be better for, they would need the vaccine. Yeah. But what, be what
1: difference does COVID have versus just the normal flu? I mean, uh, the normal flu would, killed hundreds of thousands of people yearly and no one ever was like oh my god like i have to get the vaccine or else i'm gonna die from the flu so it's like yeah the fear mongering of this one specific event yet when there's so many other patterns just like it and no one's reacted the way we're reacting now
0: it is interesting and i don't know what yeah it's because the flu's coming up i mean I think the issue is that this is a novel. Um it's a new kind of we've never seen anything like this and most a bla- likely. A
1: black was, swan event.
0: Most likely it was created in like that lab in Wuhan. So we don't know if it was if it was created to kill people. I mean that's what it was created for. It was a bioweapon.
1: Yeah, I mean, Fauci's the one to blame for that, but...
0: He's going to, like, unless they do something, he's going to face his peers, and he will have to repent for what he's done. He's going to be the one that takes the fall, because he straight-up lied, and...
1: He lied to Congress.
0: He's already going on, like, an apology
1: tour. But why... See, that's... Why do we even give someone who has been this voice of reason for this entire COVID thing. He's the only person that can tell us how things are going to be. And we, we have to listen to him blindly. Why is he given an excuse? Why is he on an apology tour and going on the view and having all these interviews and photo shoots as the savior of the 21st century? I mean, it's, it's mind boggling. Yeah. He has a movie. He's got a movie.
0: They, they made a movie about him. Oh, and the reviews were terrible.
1: Yeah, no and, shit. Um, yeah,
0: like he is. He said something like, "If you question, or the people that don't like me are, um, domestic extremists or something like that."
1: Well, he also said, "If you question me, then you're questioning science." <laughs> So I guess we're all questioning science because no one's listening to you you fucking dingleberry. Yeah, that's a
0: huge distinction. Like if you can, that's what science is about. It's the scientific process, right? Where you, you question things to determine what is actually happening and all the variables. So you have to be critical of processes to understand them. Yet in this situation, you can't question it. So effectively, it's just propaganda for their agenda.
1: Well, it's funny, too, because you going back to the whole questioning science thing. if you question Fauci, you question science. But then why are they denouncing all these other doctors that are showing all these other methods to suppress COVID? When hydrochloroquine was really big and a lot of those Houston doctors walked out and said, hey, this needs to be talked about more. Why were they considered extremists yet all these other doctors and surgeons or whoever the hell that are getting this funding from the democratic party we have to listen to them because they know more than these other people it's like brett weinstein oh yeah he knows he knows a lot but he's considered a crazy person because he goes on joe rogan
0: (laughs) joe rogan is who would have thought (laughs) that i listened to this guy i started listening to him in high school and it was just because he he had no filter he really just spoke his mind and then who would have thought he's the saving grace of this free speech issue?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's the fear it's factor, because man. because he
0: doesn't give a fuck. He, has no, he is not attached to any of his ideas. And that's clear if you listen to him. He just takes things and he's objective. He has his own biases because everyone does, but it's fucking crazy. Did you watch the podcast he did with um, CNN Sanjay Gupta?
1: I saw some clips from it, and oh he my just God. They, uh I don't know what <laughs> video it was specifically, but they were talking about. Um, I think it was what? like why he allowed his own network to spread misinformation about ivermectin, and he didn't have a response. He just started laughing.
0: Oh yeah, he he laughed it off like it was like oh <laughs> it hurt. It, he kept saying it's like oh it really hurt your feelings, like he'd he laughed it off and no. Yeah, this guy I, I listened to the whole thing and so he wrote an article after recapping after the
1: podcast.
0: Yeah, and let me read oh, you some of this. Yeah, it's, what a buffoon. And oh, this guy. Oh dude, the podcast, you should listen to it because it's it's honestly a good conversation it gets you um get to understand where they're coming from. So this is what he said. Okay, hold on. New tonight,
1: CN's chief medical correspondent, Doctor
0: Turn that shit off.
1: I heard Do you hear that? That's all I needed to hear.
0: She's freaking barking at me. Um Okay, here we go. I don't think I've ever ever had a conversation with someone oh, here we go. In today's highly segmented media world, most uh, this is Sanjay Gupta writing um, on his CNN. He's the chief medical correspondent for CNN. So does right? that
1: mean, hold on before we read it. Does that mean he went to medical school? What's his certification, licensing, or is he just this popular man that gets to talk about medicine?
0: That's a good question. Let me look up his credentials.
1: Because if Uh, if he's not, not saying that I'm a, you know, medical practitioner, but, you know, someone that is a representative for CNN.
0: He mentioned on the, um, the show, he's a brain surgeon. So he's not a virologist. Keep in mind, he's a surgeon, brain surgeon. All right. He, um, He did work at, he works um, at a neurosurgery service at Grady Memorial Hospital in Atlanta, Georgia. He's the associate professor of neurosurgery at Emory University School of Medicine. And he got his, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I I guess. There's no
1: doubting his intelligence. I mean, obviously, he's a brain surgeon. He's professor like Mm -hmm. it's not about that but it's why is he the mouthpiece for something completely different than what he studied
0: well that's the thing if he's claiming to be the mouthpiece and this is what Joe Rogan like pinned him down on he's like why didn't you correct them when they were telling people y'all are a news network that I took horse medicine (laughs) it's like and he kept like deflecting and then eventually he conceded he's like, Yeah, okay. They shouldn't have said that. Um But it's that's the fact that, that it's so played idiot. off
1: and Oh, yeah, whoopsie, let me uh slap myself on the wrist.
0: <laughs> Here's all right, let me read this. In today's highly segmented media world, most of the people who watch and listen to me every day on CNN have already received and accepted the message about the utility of vaccines, the importance of masks, and how we can all work together to put an end to this pandemic. So I realized that if I was serious about trying to communicate public health, I needed to go to a less comfortable place. Oh, my God. Oh, it gets worse. It gets so much worse. All right, here we go. I needed to go into the lion's den and accept an invitation to sit down with Joe Rogan for more than three hours. (laughs) He goes, I don't think I've ever had a conversation that long with anyone. Seriously, think about that. We sat in a windowless podcast booth with two sets of headphones and microphones and a few feet between us. Not a single interruption, no cell phones, no distractions, no bathroom breaks. So real quick, He's, so he's never trying, had a conversation. with... the
1: scene. He's trying to set the scene.
0: Yeah, he's like exactly. All right, let me continue. He's
1: like, I'm so I should be so afraid. I'm stepping in the lion's den. with Joe Rogan.
0: He goes at a time when there is a desire for shorter, crisper content, responding to abbreviated human attention spans. One of the most popular podcasts in the country features conversations that last exceptionally long and go particularly deep. Many friends cautioned me against accepting Joe's invitation. Quote, there's little room for reasonable conversations anymore. End quote, one person told me. Open quote. He is a brawler and doesn't play fair. Another warned. This is this is just what these people think. All right.
1: Yeah. He goes, and I wonder what type of person these the who's saying this? they're probably inside wearing their mask right now.
0: You got to watch the podcast is pretty good, but, um, he goes, in fact, when I told Joe early in the podcast that I didn't agree with his apparent views on vaccines against COVID Ivermectin and many things in between part of me thought the MMA former Taekwondo champion might hurdle himself across the table and throttle my neck, but instead he smiled and off we went.
1: What a pussy.
0: (laughs) He thought he was going to choke him
1: out. Oh, my God. I'm so in fear of my life from this live stream podcast Uh, with the most famous person in the podcast community. Yeah. What a bitch, dude. Such a bitch. Okay, go on.
0: Okay, so here we go. I'm trying to find the good part. um now oh, here we go he has a, a little subtitle the free will of your fist ends where my nose begins when i said this to joe the mma fighter he paused sat back and listened for a while i asked him is it not possible to advocate strongly for personal freedoms but also recognize the unique threat a highly contagious disease represents he seemed to agree, but then quickly countered with a common misconception about the overall utility of the vaccines. If vaccinated people transmit just as much as unvaccinated, why are they really necessary? Um, first of all, I'm pretty sure he never said that. Um, and I think that's why he didn't <coughs> quote Joe Rogan here. He just said that. But, anyways, it goes, he was like, it was like Joe and I were now in the octagon circling one another. He stared at me intently now, eyebrows raised. I admitted the vaccine vaccinated could still carry the virus at similar loads as unvaccinated, but swiftly added, before he could claim victory, there was more to the story. Like, just... He really, like, must have psyched himself out before he... Or he's just one of these people in this cult.
1: Well, he probably realized that he lost the conversation i wouldn't even say lost like i'm sure Joe's intentions were never to beat this guy but just to spread the correct information especially someone in a position of power that mm-hmm. gupta is in hey what you're telling people is wrong so just admit it and say the right thing here and this guy is trying to save faith and show that he was in fear of his life and it's ridiculous
0: yeah, it is ridiculous. Um, basically, he goes on in this article. It's it's kind of long. I don't want to read it all, but um, he was pretty much... He said that the point of him going on was to get Joe Rogan to get vaccinated. Um, and it was just such a... You could tell that he was very nervous, especially in the beginning. And... Because they were going to disagree, which I understand. But just him, he wrote that article after he did the podcast. And um, it was just... Anyways, the part where he pinned him down about CNN lying about the horse dewormer, that part's pretty, pretty awesome. And ultimately, dude, I really hope Joe Rogan sues CNN. Because they blatantly lied about him and i don't know what the legal thing is but i feel like he's got a case
1: yeah and i'm sure there's plenty of lawyers that have reached out on his behalf to try to take these people down but yes even after that happened um rachel maddow who is a i don't know if she's on msnbc or she's some liberal i think
0: she's on cnn
1: she's on cnn now i know she had like a matto late night show or something and um she posted a non-factual it was fake a fake article of people supposedly overcrowding hospitals in oklahoma city and taking away i guess care from people that are actually injured because of overdosing on ivermectin the article always said people Overdosing on ivermectin are taking away care from gunshot victims in Oklahoma City. Completely <laughs> fabricated.
0: I, I remember hearing about this.
1: Yeah, and it's like, how is that not? How is she not banned from Twitter? First of all, spreading something exactly
0: that, that's misinformation.
1: Yeah, it's sickening. And like, there's. It seems like there's no remorse from these people because she damn knew that was fake yeah she tweeted it anyways and then there's people that retweeted it and they probably talk about it and like oh my god do you see what this is like it's unbelievable screw these ivermectin people it's
0: yeah dude it's crazy it's like they're
1: living in their own world
0: yeah they're stuck in whatever that is and so all right let's transition off that i went and got a i was telling you this a antibody test um that's CVS. cost 38 bucks. And actually, have.
1: Did you wear your mask when you went in there? I'm actually... The results are right. here. I'm going to put yes, my mask on right now because I'm afraid. Yeah, oh, it was like <laughs> a jackstrap. You're the trash.
0: So, I got this test and I was negative for antibodies. So, let me read you what that means. So, there's two types of antibodies IgG and IgM. So, IgG is IgG antibodies means you have been exposed, if you test positive for this, you have been exposed to SARS CoV 2 either by infection more than 14 days ago or you got the COVID vaccination, which could cause your IgG antibodies to um, be positive. Whereas IgM antibodies, this uh, this kind of doesn't, this kind of makes sense. Um, IgM means you had a COVID to exposure more than 14 days ago, and your body is currently making antibodies anyways i asked the um uh, nurse or whatever that was there could it be possible that i had covid had it and got over it had antibodies last year um and they ran out and she said yeah it could be possible but right now you don't have any so
1: What's the, um, did she clarify like the expiration date for antibodies? Like how long until they're officially out of your system?
0: So I asked her this because I wanted to know for, um, mom and dad, I was like, well, should my parents get this test if they wanted to know about their antibodies? She's like, are they vaccinated? I said, yes. She's like, oh, then they're fine. And that's kind of not what I was wanting to know. And I, I kind of asked her again, I was like, so do they know how long the antibodies last? She's she's like, no, n- not really. And that was kind of it. Um, she did mention to me, she's like, what blood type are you? Um, you're not blood type O, are you? Because apparently blood type O is um, not really affected by COVID. So, Yeah,
1: I have heard that. I don't even know my blood type. I need to figure that
0: out. Yeah, I know. Because I wonder, because there's a thing about blood types with mosquitoes, and I don't really get mosquito bit that much compared to other people. I wonder if that's, anyways, it was, um. it's got me thinking a lot about it because I don't have antibody protection. So my immune system has fought off COVID. More likely, I've just fought it off. I haven't gotten it yet. Yeah. Um, and so, pretty much, this is my mentality. I'm thinking, I'm going, my immune system's strong. I'm just going to continue life, and I'll fight it off. If I somehow get it, I'm prepared, um, my body's healthy, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to redline myself In in terms of, like, just treating my body like shit. Um and when I do get covid, I feel like I will um be able to conquer it. So and then I'll have natural immunity. So, that's kind of where I'm at.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I've had it. Um I haven't done the antibody test. I'd be curious to see. I've definitely felt sickish at times, and this is kind of when I get sick anyways is, you know, the fall weather, the transition from summer to fall. Um yeah but it's at the same time i went to the doctor i felt like shit maybe five weeks ago five or six weeks ago i just i'm very self-aware with my body like we know when our equilibrium's off blah blah blah. and at the same time i was working two jobs and i knew my sleep was directly affecting how i felt i knew that was one of the reasons i hadn't been eating right i hadn't been Working out or focusing on my health. And one of the requirements for work was because they knew I had to leave because I was ill, was uh, well, you need to go get a COVID test because obviously, if you have COVID, you need to stay out for 14 days. And uh, so the company I worked for, they sent me home. And I was curious myself to know if I had COVID, but I wasn't ever afraid for my life or anything like that. And I knew it was directly because of my sleep. And I just needed some steroids. And so I went to the doctor. Didn't have to wear a mask, first of all. Walked into the clinic, didn't have to wear a mask. The like nurse, they didn't
0: have it posted or what?
1: Well, I asked her, was like, do you need me to wear a mask? Because, you know, I would have if I'm going to the clinic. Mm-hmm. And I was like, do I need to wear a mask? She's like, no. I was like, okay. So I checked in, did my thing. <laughs> told her my symptoms and, you know, what's kind of going on. Went back to the uh the room you know where you see the other doctor and it's kind of funny cuz you see you know two doctors you see the person in the waiting room then you see the first person that comes in to check your symptoms and then you see the professional yeah. or the head person that's like oh, okay so she told me this is what's going on
0: mm, and the uh the nurse so, and then the
1: yeah so the, the last person came in and she was double masked she was wearing two masks and uh she's like hey like what's going on like tell me what's up I was like oh, okay I'm fatigued I'm congested. I know it's directly because of my sleep. I haven't been sleeping well. Um, I just need some steroids to so give me my energy and get me back on my feet. And she's like, "Okay, do you think you have COVID?" I'm like, "No." I'm like 99% sure I don't have COVID. She's like, "Are you vaccinated?" I said, "Nope." She's like, "Well, do you want to test?" I said, "Nope." And uh, <laughs> she started getting she started getting short with me, and I wasn't being an asshole or, or anything like that. I was just, "Hey, this is what I want." This is what I think the situation is. And if you can help me, please, if not, then okay. It is what it is. And uh, she's like, okay, wrote me my prescription. I was out within 10 minutes. It's 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 curious to me because if this was such a, you know, a deadly pandemic and it's so spreadable and all this stuff, they probably would have been like, Hey, well, you need to get tested but it's like oh here you go go to your 711 your Kroger to pick up your prescription and i'm like i feel ill and i'm like walking in these grocery stores without anything on like touching shit and interacting with people cuz i that may be irresponsible i don't know but i didn't care at the time and sure enough Maybe. i got my i got my z pack and i got my steroids and within 2 days i i felt money so i was fine and it's like the the fear mongering of if you feel sick, if you don't feel good, you have COVID you need to stay home for 14 days. And it's like, okay, well, there's a lot of other things that could be the source of why I don't feel 100%. But they always yeah. want to focus on COVID. And it's. I think that's how a lot of people have kind of come to the conclusion on their own illnesses. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, like, well, let's take a look at the rest of your life. What are you doing? Oh, well, I drink seven days a week. Uh, I don't go to bed. I sleep like three hours a night. Yeah, you got COVID. Okay, yeah, because that's that's what's really wrong with me. It's
0: almost, so it's not that they don't have COVID, it's that they're just not taking care of their body, and that's the reason why they've gotten it. So ultimately, I was wondering, because I asked the lady that tested me, I was like, "Could I get these tests? Like, It's almost like we should be testing more, like, if you feel bad, just have the test at home. Test yourself. If you're positive, just, um, you know, act accordingly. Like, get yourself right. Don't go spread it to someone that could die from it. But, like, the testing is big. And that's why it makes no sense where people, if you're unvaccinated, you have to wear a mask and test. But if you're vaccinated, you don't have to test. And that goes into the political the space that we're in but
1: and yeah i wonder if there's like the uh if one of the main reasons why they haven't made the test you know public or you know for someone to just go pick it up and use it on on themselves is because what are they doctoring it and they want to make sure that hey we keep our numbers up and there's some sort of incentive for having more people with covid come through our clinic versus just doing it at home and you kind of i think that's the right question to ask especially if the, I guess the inconvenience on if you work for some big company and they're like, well, you need to go get tested. Well, how about you just give me a test that I can take at my house. And if I'm sick, I'll stay home. If not, then I'll come back in.
0: Well, I don't know exactly all the details. I need to do research on it because you can get certain tests. um, But then at the same time, certain tests have been recalled. Um, Joe Rogan was talking about this. Where certain PCR tests had been recalled because they were <clears throat> at certain PCR cycles or whatever. They pretty much are not accurate. There's a lot of false positives.
1: I did a ton of research on this.
0: Oh yeah. You're yeah.
1: telling me. Yeah. Let me spill the beans, Mr. Fauci. <laughs> so there's, and I, I think it's what the PCR could be with the rapid. I'm not too sure, but they call it their cycle thread and that's how many times your dna swab is ran through their machine and that's how they pick up you know what sort of viruses germs all that stuff the industry standard i believe is 35. yeah that sounds right 35 and that's like the benchmark hey we don't go above a cycle thread of 35 because at that point it's think about like this on a computer screen right if you have to zoom in a thousand percent to see something and then you zoom back into normal, that thing is, you can't see it. It's insurmountable. Now that's what a 35 cycle thread looks like. It's so zoomed in on this one virus, which if you check anyone else's DNA, they're gonna have some sort of virus if you look through their entire body. So Mm -hmm. where that comes into play is, if we test all these people at this huge cycle thread, we're gonna find a lot of illness within a lot of people. And there's an incentive for, telling people they're sick, especially when you're going to force them to go to the clinic, force them to get drugs, get a vaccine, and also create this whole fear perspective. Oh my God, so many people are getting COVID. Well, in the reality, they may be true, but how many are actually sick? How many people are actually ill? And so a lot of people question that because it it's factual in a sense, but it's just not realistic to how we should live our lives based off of that information. So they're definitely just manipulating, manipulating, yeah, manipulating uh, that information. But yeah, that's they recalled a couple things from that, and obviously, mm-hmm. if you know, uh, hundred thousand people get that cycle thread count of thirty-five, then nine hundred thousand of them are ill. Well, let's go back down to a realistic number, maybe twenty-five, which is what some tests we're using, and it's half of that. It's like, okay, well, those four hundred thousand people that were in the middle, they're fine. So it just—it's weird the way we're tracking this and how we're testing people.
0: Yeah, it's very weird. A lot of it is, and I think you're right on how we should live our lives. You okay over there?
1: Yeah, something's in my system.
0: <laughs> oh my. Um what what else do I wanna bring up? Oh, this is a good topic. Did you watch Dave Chappelle's special closer on Netflix? I did not,
1: but I heard about it.
0: You gotta watch it. It's so good.
1: Where he talks about the um the transgender thing.
0: Yeah, those that was pretty much like half what's what the whole special uh centered around was this issue because in his last special he had that funny story where well so dave chappelle makes fun of every group he's a comedian and um basically he's in hot water because he was making fun of transgender people almost he was pretty much kind of defending um women as well um in this thing but um he was making fun of transgender and in his last special uh, sticks and stones, I think he told that funny joke where he was in the club dancing on some chick (laughs) and he turned around and figured out it was a, a transgender male. And, uh, but he ended the joke. I'm pretty sure with like, let's finish the dance or something like he was, he's not, um, you know, hateful. He's just making fun of it. And so in this new special, it's really good. You got to watch it. But he tells the story of one of his friends. Who's a transgender uh, man to a female. And she ended up killing herself because the woke mob on Twitter, um, when she stood up for him, they just killed her on Twitter. And they were like, fucking just trashing her um the woke mob and everything like you can't support him because she really like let me pull up her tweet she was
1: so she the girl that you're you're talking about the transgender woman she was a comedian herself and she would go to his shows and be like involved and dave chappelle gave her an opportunity she opened for him and she bombed she was terrible but the rest of the show, like she was active and she was involved and Dave Chappelle had a great time. And someone went on CNN, exactly. they were talking about with fucking Don Lemon. And uh, they were trying to cancel Dave Chappelle for the comments he had made. And the woman that was on the interview or whatever, she was like, well, before you say that, Dave Chappelle's the only person in the comedic industry that gave this person an opportunity. And so when all these people are coming out and hating on Dave Chappelle for making fun of the transgender community, he's actually the only one that was doing anything for them. So it's so ironic that the the cancel culture and the virtue signalers are so butthurt about this. Dave Chappelle did all he could do. And you motherfuckers that came on and tweeted about this lady after forced her to to commit suicide. And maybe that's a stretch. I'm not sure what was going on in her life, but I'm positive the, the hate that she received didn't help anything. And it's, they love to point the finger at everyone else except for themselves. That's what it comes down to. But yeah, it's, there's like a, an unwritten rule. You can't get offended if you go to a comedy show. They make fun of everyone. And if you're the person that does get offended, then you probably shouldn't be active in society because you're just a nerve.
0: Exactly. And I really got to find this tweet. Um,
1: well, I went God. while you're searching for it. I went and saw Andrew Santino here in, uh, in Nashville. And he had, oh, really? three, yeah, he had three openers before him. It was unbelievable. <laughs> and um, they made fun of, they talked about the craziest things. They made fun of every group. He, One of the guys was from New York and he was talking about COVID. And yet when we didn't have the lockdowns and in New York they were locked down, he was like, jokingly, obviously, but he was like, I mean, I was waiting for all you Southerners to die. Y'all were having fun. Like I was waiting for the karma to catch up to you guys. <laughs> It's a fucked up thing to say, but like no one there was like, oh my god, he said that about Texas and about Tennessee. Like shame on him. It's like they make fun of everyone. Everyone's having a good time.
0: Yeah, and pretty much I think it was you know the people on Netflix they like got they freaked out because he was because they're so sensitive. I mean, and they oh dude, you got to watch it because he makes. A lot of parallels between these people saying like i'm gonna butcher this but there's this one transgender lady that was like clapping at him like you don't know what my people have gone through well, and he was like like really you're you don't know like come on like the the african-american community has gone through so much more um it's just insane but I'm pulling up this tweet right now. Um God, it's gotta be recent. Damn, where the fuck is this? Pretty much she stands uh, up. This for was the
1: comedian that tweeted this, the transgender yeah. comedian?
0: Daphne Dorman. She says I'm not gonna find this. Damn it. Oh, here we go. So this was after he put out the um, Sticks and Stones special, the, the one in 2019. Okay. Okay. Where he was joking with transgender community. And she tweeted in defense of Dave Chappelle. She tweets, punching down requires you to consider yourself superior to another group. Dave Chappelle doesn't consider himself better than me in any way. He isn't punching up or punching down. He's punching lines. That's his job. And he's a master of his craft. And that was just perfectly said. And yeah, I just wanted to say that tweet.
1: And it's a shame that, you know, she ended up committing suicide and I'm not sure what the reason was, but for her to receive that sort of hatred for supporting someone a comedian of all of all people who is Yeah. It's sad and it's a direct reflection of our culture and and I'm sure all the people that were upset about what Dave Chappelle said about transgenders, I'd bet like ninety five percent of them weren't transgender. They're trying to speak for another group that they assume should be oppressed.
0: Yeah. Which is
1: Welcome to twenty twenty one.
0: Yeah. Well, I think we covered we covered a lot. Yeah, I think that was a a good first episode of politicking.
1: Yeah, we're not canceled yet, so that's good. <laughs> well,
0: there's plenty of news to talk about, and um, I'm sure we'll we'll do this again. And, and on Sunday, we might do the uh, out of pocket podcast. So that's me, you, and Austin, because I got some we got a lot of content to talk about in the culture realm other than yeah. politics, but you got anything to close on?
1: Trump 2024, baby.
0: <laughs> Donald Trump. He's running.
1: Oh, also, awesome. he- I ran into, um, are you familiar with Candace Owens? Yeah. I ran into her here in Nashville. Really? Yeah. She was, I was at a bar. What the heck? And, uh, one of my good friends up here, she she works within the conservative community and uh we talk about Candace all the time and she's a total stud. And uh she lives here in Nashville and I did not know we're, that. We're sitting here in this bar and uh she like walked by, she's with I wouldn't say like a bodyguard necessarily, but maybe one of her assistants or something. And uh I'm like, Oh my god, like that's Candace Owens, like she she's huge, like she's yeah, a mega personality, and it's like, she's like, I say hi, like, I don't want to scare her, like, blah blah blah. And so, like, I go over to the ledge and I'm like, Candace, and I just like yell down the street. She turns around, she's got like this huge, she's beautiful, she's got this huge grin on her face. Yeah,
0: and I just like pretty... wave at
1: her and she waves back, and like, yeah, submit my ballot for Candace one's right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, they don't like her though.
1: Yeah, because she's, she black. she's a black conservative. The, yeah, she doesn't fall into the status quo.
0: Well, that's pretty exciting. You're seeing everyone in Nashville. The Candace place. Owens, Jay Cutler. The freaking.
1: I saw uh, a yeah, country saw? music artist, Parker McCollum, Coetzel, Riley Green. I'm going to get a picture with some of these people eventually so I can actually show the facts, but I don't want to be that yeah. high
0: it's tough you'll you'll be our boots on the ground from nashville yeah, broadway Lord. street
1: Start doing some interviewing out there
0: dude that would be a hit
1: <laughs> it actually wouldn't be a bad idea i was uh when we were in the arkansas game this girl sitting at the top row where we were at and uh, she pulls up this little mic on her phone she's like hey i'm doing a tiktok can you be in it i was like <laughs> what she's like if arkansas wins what are you going to do And we're standing, like, literally the top row, like, in the (laughs) nose. My nose was bleeding the entire game. Freezing, uh,
0: too.
1: Oh, my God, it was freezing. And, uh, like, there wasn't, like, a trial run or anything. I don't know how popular this girl was. But she's like, what are you going to do if the Razorbacks win? I said, I'm going to backflip off this building. (laughs) And she just, like, looks at me and just turns her phone off.
0: Yeah. It wasn't what she wanted.
1: Yeah, she's got the jet already.
0: God, she had a microphone with her.
1: Yeah, Mike, who goes out for an 11 a.m. SEC football game planning to interview people for a stupid TikTok?
0: She's an informant. Yeah, maybe. All right. Well, take care, listeners. Hopefully, um, we get pick up some steam on uh, this episode, the politicking one. And we'll be here next Tuesday.
1: Yeah, there's a plan.
0: Tuesdays, Tuesday specials. All right, Ben. Talk to you later.
1: All right. See ya. All
0: right.